Everyone, welcome to Lulz, the Wednesday night DFS show you didn't know you needed in your life, and then you realized you did. I'm Peter Overzet, joined by my co-host, Brick75, aka Brian Hooper. How are we doing? Fantastic. Doing good. How you doing? Doing good. Uh, let's give people a rundown of the show tonight. We dodged a COVID bullet. It would appear that we are going to have a golf contest this weekend so we will be discussing that later in the show in the second half we are going to be joined by mr rbx 88 a fun story about this we were hypothesizing last week on who this mystery figure was that was taking down all of these millie makers well he came out of the woodwork he slid into my instagram dms and he said, hey, I'm a real person. I'm a real guy. I'd love to come on the show. So I said, yes, let's do it. So he'll be joining us in about 25 minutes. And uh, also we have, uh, Brian's going to do a little um, lesson for us all about randomness. That's been a hot topic that has come up a few times. Uh, whatever optimizer you're using generally has it. So Brian is going to give us the breakdown on that. Brian, I feel like this is our most official show to date with our organization. Yeah, we we actually planned something out for a change, so Yeah, it's uh and you are you were on the links today yourself? Yep. Yep, I was today. The uh front nine went well and uh back nine nothing right home about. <laughs> yeah. What would you say was your PGA comp for how you played today? Oh god. Um, let's see here. Who's the worst PGA player of all time? Um, uh, uh, how about, uh, Smiley Kaufman? Okay. All right. Did you at least hit any bombs? I had a few bombs. Okay. The only reason I go out there is drop bombs on people. It's uh DeChambeau's world. We all live in it. You know how like Steph Curry created this generation of three point shooters. You know, everyone want to pull up four feet mm-hmm. from beyond the arc. I think DeChambeau is going to create this culture of just kids that just want to hit bombs and don't care about anything else. Possibly. Although he is the scientist. So maybe, maybe he'd have to change his nickname. If he's just going to go straight bombs. Phil Mickelson's the bomb dropper, man. He's, he, he's all he talks about. Yeah, that is true. That is true. What up? Is, is Phil even relevant right now as far as a DFS play? Whenever I make lineups, I'm not getting much Phil Mickelson these he, days. His salary, is, I think it was like 6800 this week or something like that, which is yeah. uh, dirt cheap. Uh, yeah, I got him right here, 6900 Nice. Five of the last 11 cuts made. So Phil, three. I think I've said this before, but like three years, three years ago, I loved Phil in DFS. Uh, even though he cost me once because of this, it, because he's like the kind of, because there's three points for a uh, birdie and whatever, minus one for uh, a bogey. So guys who get birdie, bogey, birdie, bogey, birdie, bogey, even though they don't take first, they'll get you a lot of fantasy points. So he was, he's that type of player. Like he's super aggressive and risky and he's, you know, awesome short game. So he can make a bunch of strange birdies and stuff, but he's, he, he's really fallen off a cliff. A cliff. I don't want to say that because I still like him. Yeah, but the last year and a half has been pretty, pretty brutal. Do you remember like the low point was probably last year? Um, I think it was a. I think it was a uh, a major, but I can't remember where he putted it. And then he like stopped his putt. It was so bad, like he went around and just stopped it. Oh, I do remember seeing that clip. Yeah, and they didn't even kick him out either, probably because he's Phil Mickelson. But I think they just gave him like a two stroke penalty or something. But that's like the equivalent of, again, I going back to my NBA analogies because I don't know golf that well. But, you know, the, the superstars get all the calls. Phil Mickelson's allowed to stop his putt before it's done rolling, I guess. Yeah, that would be like a, you know, 20-step, no-dribble <laughs> dunk or something. It's 
pretty egregious. So I know, you know, the big news with the golf, obviously, it, it did seem touch and go. Uh, I know you were out on the golf course oblivious to all of these uh, happenings, uh, but there was a lot of concern they were going to cancel the whole thing. But the big major fallout is Webb Simpson and Brooks Kepka are uh, not in the field. Um, when you updated your numbers and stuff, did it shift anything around in a really big way for you at all? Or was it kind of uh, not a huge shift? It, it, I didn't do them until right before the show. So I don't know if there was okay. but like, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, it's going to matter for, you know, Brooks is Brooks being out. It's going to change things for sure. So here's, here's the list I got right now is Chase Kepka, his brother's out. Webb Simpson, Brooks Kepka, Graham McDowell, Cameron Champ, Nate Lashley, and Steve Stricker. Yeah. And and Daniel Berger. But that was earlier. Yep. Um I don't think there's been any uh additions. I might have missed that, but um anyone who's gonna get be added to it probably won't matter that much. Scotty Scheffler, it sounds like he is in. And he's kind of in that young studs group that we talk about every week. Yeah. Uh, and he was out last week. So that's definitely someone to pay attention to in my book anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chase Kepka doesn't really matter that much, but he's done uh, some, some things on the Euro tour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mainly it's, you know, web and Berger. yeah. Well, Kepka are out. Yeah. And when I'm looking at, you know, the, the highest projected guys, sub 800, uh, it is Scotty Scheffler. Uh, I'm seeing Victor Hovland. And Jason Day and Ian Poulter, my guy Ian Poulter. My yeah. initial, my initial run, he remains my favorite golfer apparently because I he's my second own golfer as of now for this uh, this week. Three weeks in a row, he hasn't let you down. Two weeks though, I know. I mean, and I, apparently, like I, I was talking with my buddy Matt again too, and he's like, I love how because you're not a you know a big hardcore golf fan you have no biases about this apparently Ian Poulter's a guy that a lot of golf fans have felt burned by and don't love for I guess history that I'm not familiar with he's been around for a while but yeah no really like the I mean because he has been fairly chalky the last year and a half or something like that yeah like I remember I, I told you that story where he was off the tour and then they recalculated his his numbers and he actually stayed on by yeah, a couple points or something. So he was basically off tour, and then just he's kind of had a nice run since then. But the problem is with like guys like like him, where they get highly owned sometimes in DFS, is then when they do miss the cut, they burn a whole bunch of people. Yeah, so it, it can definitely happen. I don't remember that happening to me too much, but I, you know, I didn't really take him a lot. But um, yeah, he's been performing. Jason Day in that group you mentioned. You know, he's like the, like, he's gone downhill big time. Uh, he had like one or two good uh, tournaments last year, I think, though. But um, I wonder if his back's just gone. Who knows? Yeah. So what do you, so we have the four guys up here uh, in the uh, five-figure club for DraftKings salary. We got Rory, Justin Thomas, John Rahm, and the, you know, darling of everyone right now, Bryson DeChambeau, um, it seems like conventional wisdom heading out of this, you know, COVID break was, you know, Rory is the best golfer in the world playing top form. He started to burn some people on these Sundays with him fading away. Uh, where are you at with Rory in this, this top group here? Because it seems like they're all going to be pretty similarly owned. It's looking like, and this is, I just did this just to get on here, just to get, you know, get a run through so we could talk about it so it might change but it's looking like rory's gonna be my fade which wow. hasn't been the case the past few weeks um and i'm guessing that's just because of some of the odds on justin thomas are pretty uh high okay um, like cut line odds and stuff like that yeah so he might just be gobbling up that uh uh, that ownership for me and they're, you know, they're, they're projected about the same amount owned and more Bryson than, than Rom too. If we're putting Rom in that group. Yeah. And right below there, Patrick Cantley, speaking of DFS darlings, he's, he's pretty much a DFS darling. And, uh, and I'm, I'm probably about match the field, but I wouldn't, I'm never shocked when, Bryson's projected at 13 or 14 and he ends up at 20. Yeah. Just, not Bryson. I'm sorry. Patrick Cantley. Yeah. Um, 
let's uh let's take this question here and then we can get into talking about some randomness and then we will build a lineup with our guest geo aka rbx 88 uh at the end of the show so we'll get some more thoughts exactly on how we're feeling about pga plays this week so the question is how are you guys monitoring risk of guys who might be forced to withdraw after round one who played with brooks last week so this is getting deep into the COVID weeds. Brian, are you taking any of this into consideration with your lineups? Yes. So the only thing I saw on Twitter so far was Shane Lowry played like a nine hole. This is from some of the guys we followed, Dan back from RG and I can't remember someone else, but um, so he's definitely someone to think about is because he did play a nine with uh Someone who just withdrew. Actually, I could, we could probably just go to Dan's Twitter and I can I can find out the whole story. But so far, he's the only guy that I've seen that uh, you might want to just skip for now. Yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, here here it is. Uh, he played nine holes. Graham McDowell, who withdrew, said he played nine holes with Brooks and Lowry. Okay. So that's definitely something to consider here. Um, actually, let me just pull this up on the screen share so people can see it. I will share my screen. Um, dun, 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 dun. All right, here we go. So basically said he's pretty sure he's got COVID despite testing negative a couple times. Also happened to play nine holes with Brooks and Lowry. Now, Brick, I know you are a guy that, you know, you let the math dictate uh, a lot of your plays. So are you going in and kind of manually making some adjustments here that might not be factored into your model? Yeah. Um, I don't have any Lowry actually for some reason. So maybe maybe the markets know, <laughs> know before we do, which is not surprising. But if I uh, did have um, like a couple shares, I probably wouldn't care. But yeah. if I did have a, I mean, especially in the Millie, because I mean, if this news gets around, you know, he's not super high owned projected anyways. Yeah. So, you know, it might be worth the gamble. Um, but, uh, you know, if you just want to be safe, I would not, I would definitely consider taking Lowry out. Yeah. Um, I was looking at mine. It looks like I am at 11% Lowry, which is a decent amount. So I might have to rethink that a little bit. And I mean, the thing about this is, I mean, we're not just, this isn't just a one day slate, right? Like you're hopefully rostering these guys for four days. We know how quickly things can move with this testing and, and symptoms yeah. and all that. So you do have to, to take a little bit of a longer view. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to rethink that a bit. Yeah, that's true. It could be, it could take a few days. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough break that they, that, that they, that this happened, you know, like you figure it'd be kind of tough. They, maybe they were like hanging out closer than they let on having drinks or something. Yeah. That would be the cruelest thing. You know, we were talking last week, uh, about how hard it is to get six of six guys through, uh, the cut and you get your six to six and then Lowry get, has to withdraw because of Corona. It's like, no, yeah, no. like you're first in the Millie going into Sunday and then Lowry comes down with a cough or something. That's oh, brutal. Oh man. I meant to ask, did you have any, any good sweats last week? No, not really. I think I had a top hundred in the Millie maker, but yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it, I, I had a lot of the minus three guys, Billy yeah. Horschel, Ricky Fowler, Kevin Kisner, those guys all yeah. just missed the cut. Um, and I had a decent amount of them. So, yeah. Um, well, we're on to this week, but let's, uh, let's talk some randomness here. Uh, I know for, for people who use optimizers, this is something I've personally had questions about. And I think what you have mentioned is that people sometimes misunderstand exactly what randomness is doing. So I think you're going to share your screen with me here. I'm going to add it and, uh, I'm going to give you the floor. So, with randomness, I guess just briefly, um, I'm going to use FC, but it would work with any optimizer. Um, randomness is shown down here. There's FC has two different um, randomness distributions, normal distribution and classic. Normal distribution distributes the random. So randomness basically just takes whatever percentage amount you put. And then, um, you know, there's actually a description right here. Um, 
No, they used to have a, a more clear description, but it takes like a percentage of their points and then randomly uh, distributes it for classic. So let's let's say there's a ten point change on a player's um, total point projection based on your randomness, and they have sixty per- points projected. They'll get anywhere between uh, fifty and seventy points every every crunch. Each player, based on however much randomness you give to them will randomly populate in between those numbers and normally distributed is just like a normal distributed bell curve so it's like less uh there's less chance of getting the tail ends where in classic you have the exact amount of chance uh to get any of those points within the 10 point range mm-hmm. I, I hope that made sense that was a pretty poor explanation but i think most people know what randomness is anyways and um you can do this. I think you could pretty much do this on every optimizer. Now you can make individual randomness uh, amounts for each player, which is what we'll go over in a second. Um, so the first thing I want to address is what we've kind of been talking about since our MMA stream, where uh, I feel like a, mo- a lot of DFS players feel like, Randomness and uniques, the amount of players you'll use in a lineup, um, is some sort of like solution to picking the right lineups, like <laughs> some sort of game theory uh, adjustment, right? And so that's kind of what I'm pushing back against. It doesn't really give you any game theory advantages over other people. And the reason I think that a lot of people think it does is because they always ask like in the Osmo Slack or – on Twitter, like what, how much randomness do you use and what's unique, how many uniques do you use? Right. It's like they kind of think that 33% randomness in two uniques is somehow a solution to getting good lineups. Right. But it really doesn't do anything like that. All it does is shuffle the players. That's really all it does. It's uniques does something similar too. So the more uniques you add, the more player pool you're going to get. The more randoms you get, the more shuffling it's going to do. But it doesn't it doesn't necessarily give you any advantage over someone else. So like if Osmo uses 75% randomness, that's not like some game theory edge he has over you. What he's doing uh, – actually, I don't know what he's doing, but <laughs> but what a lot of people could do or should do, and this isn't exactly how I do it anyways – is I just put 20% randoms in here. It doesn't really matter. But when you run your lineups, it's the the um, randomness actually kind of hurts you because assuming you have good projections, which is the whole point of this, right? We all want to start with good projections, is it's gonna put um it's gonna put a bunch of bad lineups in there. Um which we don't want. Explain that. Why would they be bad lineups? Because you're going to hit the tail ends of the distribution. So when you use this, you know, 20 percent, you know, I I wish there was a like if you look at a bell curve. Most 95 percent of the um, expected numbers are going to be coming in between the top of the bell curve and the two tail ends. Right. A bell curve goes like this and the tail ends are the 5 percent chance of happening. When those 5% happen, there's a reason you don't want that. And in classic randomness, it's going to be even more so because it's a flat distribution. So when you hit the tail ends, so like let's say six-year golfers hit the tail bottom end of their distribution, you're going to get some garbage lineups because you're going to get six golfers who are projected at, you know, 60 um, or I should say – let's say they hit the high end of their lineups, six golfers who are projected at 50 points, they all now have 60 and then that'll make that lineup in there for you. Or it depends because you know, that that's just a, that's just like 10%. If people do 75, a hundred percent, 150% randomness, you're just going to get. So like here, we could just, we could show right now. If, if I just jack this up, change all players, classic randomness, 150% ownership. Look at the, look at the, Look at the ownership distribution. It went from Rory at 78%, right, to a bunch of 20 percenters, which is which is fine if, like, this is what the distribution you might want to end up with 
in this range. This seems a little low to me, and that's a, you know a decent amount of players in your player pool. That's that's probably too high. Um, but for sure, and this is only 300 lineups, some of these lineups are going to be garbage. And so a quick way you could just check is just sort by projected. And I think in Roto Grinders, theirs is automatically sorted by projection, um, but I think you could change that. You could just take a look. So the top projected points, and this is just Fantasy Cruncher's default setting. Uh, so don't pay attention to this. They, you know, they let it be known that their numbers aren't meant to like win you tournaments. So 404 basically, and the bottom one is 323, right? 80, 80 point difference. That's pretty huge. Um, you can, I mean, it's not insane. You know, it's, it, it, that's, that's a pretty insane swing between the two. I don't think you want your uh, amount max and, a, and, a, and minimum that far apart. I mean, and if you are, okay, this is in lieu of adjusting for ownership and stuff like that and figuring out the game theory of that, right? Just, just a blanket. Why would, if these line, if these projections were great, like why would, why would you want to take an 80 point less saying ownership doesn't matter? You never would. You're just giving yourself a shittier shot. And um, if you can get the same expectation from a lineup with, you know, 40 or 50 more points than that, why would you risk it? And so using too much, too much randomness that can happen. So it's, it's not the end of the world. You could still use 150% randoms or whatever. I mean, I think that's pretty high and then just lap off a bunch of the garbage lineups. Right. Mm -hmm. So like if we, if we did, let's say what's about middle here, maybe let's see what this looks like. Okay, yeah, that's good enough. There. So I just lapped off the bottom half, and now Rory went back up. Mm. So now what the, this did is it shuffled a whole bunch of lineups compared to the 20% normal, right? There's a whole bunch more uh, lineups being shuffled. It has more players in there, and you could go in there and tinker with it to get your player pool down. You can get rid of what Manny Laura calls these apple bottoms here, the one percenters maybe even the two percenters. Um, and I'm not saying like, this is some sort of a great strategy here. I'm just trying to give like the idea of what people think that randomness somehow solves a bunch of issues for them. And so, it, it doesn't. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So one question. So that I've had is in something you'll see is say there's a extreme, this doesn't happen in golf as much. Um, but say there's an extreme value punt play. We've seen it with MMA recently where, uh, a fighter withdraws. And so now the guy who was maybe a minus minus one ten is now like a minus 600 favorite and his salary is still really affordable. So if you run your, your lineup run, you're going to get you know, maybe 80 to 90%, maybe even a hundred percent of him because he's such an incredible value. If you ratchet up the randomness, then all of a sudden he's going to come down and maybe you only have 50%. How do you think about randomness both for like extreme value plays where it's just like, he has to be um, basically in your lineups and also for sports with a lot of dupes. Well, that's a pretty, those are like two different, I mean, pretty, a pretty different strategy that you need to really think about. So yeah. like dupes, you just, you don't want a ton of dupes. So you got to do everything you can to not get dupes. I don't care what the value is. Right. If you're going to have a, a, a 268 duped uh, League of Legends lineup. You know, you're just throwing money away. Right. Um, and same thing for MMA or NASCAR, any of the high dupe sports. Um, You don't, you don't want the dupes. And then I don't care about value. If I'm, if I'm my, my dupes are, you know, and you can try to figure out how to project dupes is something uh, you should try. And then I, I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm not allowing, I'm trying to figure out how many dupes I'm going to have and then get rid of all. all yeah. So I don't care about value at that point, but if you just like leave dupes aside and value and how could you use randomness to like help you make your decision, is like uh, slate over slate. So like in the MMA example where the fighter's out, you could you can compare, let's say you do 75% randomness is your go-to number, right? Yeah. 
okay, well, what happens in your, let's say your process has been the same the last three weeks, the last three, you know, Saturdays for fights. What you have to recognize, like, what's the difference each time? So like, if I'm putting in 75% Rannis and getting, you know, 50% my highest owned fighter for the way I build my lineups, but then this week it's like 80 or 90. Well, that's good because you're doing the exact same process. You're putting a bunch of randoms on there and this guy's still popping up. So like, it's not like it's that that's like a, it's just a good example of like, wow. Okay. This guy definitely is a ton of value. Now you have to go the next steps and adjust for ownership, figure out dupes. Right. And, 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 and then lop off lineups even after you do all that, that are just garbage from using so much randomness. Yeah. But like if a guy's high value, like, again, you have to, like, let's say there there is no dupe issue and there is no ownership issue. Well, then you just use the guy with a high value. The only reason you're not using him is because of ownership. It's not because of randomness. Right. Right. That's all just game theory stuff. It's not randomness. Randomness will shuffle him enough to get, get him lower, and it depends on how much randomness you use and how much of high value he actually is based on each slate. So some slates – that high value might not be might not be in a ton of laps. Some slates it might. So would you say then to put kind of a button on this that the value of using randomness ultimately is to present more lineups for you to review and then make decisions on? Because if you don't, you're you're going to get a specific set. No, I think it's just for shuffling. But I, there there is one thing I want to go over that how you can use randomness to help your game. So the, what I was in part one there, I was just explaining, like, this is how I think most people think randomness is. And obviously DFS players are all snow, a snowflake. They all have their own unique process, but that's kind of the general idea I get when people talk about randomness, right? But mm-hmm. here's how you can actually use randomness in a useful game. You know, I guess it's not really game theory. It's kind of just more uh, using math, but okay. So let's just use just 20% two uniques. This isn't like a, uh, the one it's not how I do it specifically. It's just, you know, whatever, it's just something to use. So let's do uh, a quick run here. So everyone's got the same amount of randomness, right? And I took Mark Hubbard and made his projection the same as Vaughn Taylor because they have the same salary. Mm-hmm. So after this runs, you'll see, okay. Yeah. Okay. They both have basically the identical ownership percentage, right? 26 and 27%. If I would have ran 500, it probably would have equalized at some point. But I'm sure they're about exactly the same linership. Now let's move. It doesn't really matter, Hubbard or Taylor. Let's just change that one guy's ownership. I'm sorry, randomness. And then run the crunches. Um, So here we go. Now look at this. Vaughn Taylor's now got 22 points more ownership, even though they're identical players. Because you're tapping into more of his higher range of outcomes. Yeah. So what you could do with randomness, if you, if you want, is this is that boom or bust. The reason this works is because a video I did a while ago, like a boom or bust video. I remember what I tell it, but I use like an example of horse racers, horses, this is that um, this is that in practice, that video. So I don't need to recap it, but you can go watch if someone wants to. When you have the same exact horse, I guess, or player, and one of them has a higher boom bust, which is exactly what randomness does, you're going to get, and there's more than one racer, you're going to get more of the other one. Mm. So this is a way where you don't have to mess with the guy's projection. If you think they have a higher upside, if you handicap it where they have a higher upside, if you run standard deviation numbers on individual players and you really trust those and one guy's higher than another, where you could go in and in and individually change their standard deviation. I'm sorry, their, their randomness based on the standard deviation or however you want to do it. Gotcha. And it doesn't have to be this extreme either, mm-hmm. right? Like you could just think – um, 
like do we got another comparable one here? Not, uh, it, it doesn't really matter. Let's say Stuart Sink, even though he's he's an old golfer, so you probably like him too. If he was, uh, uh, let's say you thought because he's he's old as hell, he's got a better chance of winning it more often. But like his projection should be the same, and his miscut is the same. But you just think when he gets hot, he gets hot or something like that. You could up him a little bit, and then you're going to get a few more of them. So it doesn't yep. even have to be this dramatic of a eighty percent difference. Gotcha. But you, so you could do that with, you know, six, 10, 12 different guys. And then it kind of organically will pick out those guys in more lineups without messing with their projection, especially if you trust your projections or you're paying for them or whatever. So that is actually using randomness, you know, in a, you know, thought out mathematical manner. The other stuff is just shuffling it. It's yep. not giving you anything. Now, if you you know go and line up rewind, which I don't know if people know, you can go up here and you go into this lineup rewind page and it goes back to past tournaments. I think it's free too, so anyone can use it. And you could check you could check and see like what put in your old projections or put you know what you think, and then it could test it against actual events and see how you did. Um, and you could go in and, uh, you know, and, and play around with this stuff there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how I would do. That's how I would do randomness. So I would, I would put in however you, however much you feel comfortable, the more you do, the more you're going to have to lap off. Um, if your exposure is too high, you can, you can put in more lap off more after that, or more, um, maybe two uniques. I wouldn't really go much higher than that, but I guess you could. Um, and then individually personalize the um, randomness for each player. Awesome. Well, there you guys go. If you guys have any follow-up questions on randomness, feel free to leave them in the comments on Brian's YouTube. I'm sure he would pop over there and answer those. Uh, but without further ado, let's bring on the man of the hour, the mysterious RBX 88, Mr. Geo Demers, the Millie maker God himself. Thank you for joining us on Lulz. Hey, what's up, Peter? Hey, Brian. Hey, man. How you doing? Good, good. How about you? Thanks for coming on. Good. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, so I mean, you, we said we wanted to have you on for an interview, but really what's going on here is Brian and I are in a bit of a cooler right now, and so we <laughs> thought we'd bring you on and just, you know, because you're scorching hot, maybe we'd get some of your runoff run good. <laughs> All right, that sounds good. Yeah, you might, so, regret, you might regret this. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 just, I, I just tuned in. I, I was watching what Brian was doing with, the, uh, with Cruncher. Nice. Yeah. So we, we definitely have uh, lots of questions for you. Although I first want to like, as the sausage gets made, because we were joking around uh, last week about who's this mysterious RBX 88, um, <laughs> how I got a DM from you on Instagram. And then I think one of your buddies also sent me a DM on Twitter. How did you guys catch wind that we were uh, talking about you? Uh, well, he was a friend. I told him to message you cause I don't have Twitter. Like I'm like, I had Twitter and it got like hacked and I never made a new one. So I had okay. to delete it all. Like they, yeah. they, they made all these tweets. Of, they were saying, doing all these random tweets and changing my profile picture. And I was just like, all right, got hacked. I'm just deleting it. Yeah. Okay. All right. And uh, so are you going to try to get back on now that you got, you got some media? No, uh, nah, I mean, I, I just I mean, I'm not really a social media guy too much. So uh, I just leave it. How is it? How it is. Awesome. So, you know, the, the mystery and intrigue around your, all of your wins too, had to do with, you had recently made a, a Roto Grinders profile. How, how long have you actually been playing DFS? Um, I would say three years, I think uh-huh. three, three years. I, I play, I've been playing poker professionally since I was, uh, 18 years old. Okay. And my, and- fr- my friend introduced me to DFS I was like, eh, I don't like it. And then like, I was so cracked out and that was like, I just kept playing it and I was like really bad. And then I just kind of trial and error figured it out on my own. That's awesome. I'm going to also pull up on the screen here, just so if people aren't familiar with what, um, I'm going to switch over to my screen here. Uh, Brian Jester's had this tweet a little while ago. So I'm going to pull this up for here. So for you guys that aren't aware, this is, 
This is Geo's run here. <laughs> Millie win December 15th, a second December 29th, second January 11th, then uh, more recently sixth in the Millie MMA, and then you took it down June 14th again. Did you? Were you aware? Like, do you have your own spreadsheet chronicling all these things? Or when you see it here, is it like, oh yeah, that happened? Uh, it's just, it's just, un- it's just unreal to me because I, I heard Brian say. Uh, on the other one you did that it's he said it was insane and just like unheard of you know <laughs> and that like people play this you know every week for years and they don't win you know it's you know it's obviously a lot of luck too but you have to set your lineups to the best you can to give you the best chance to win so Brian I know you're just seething with jealousy over there do you have any questions <laughs> for uh, RDX88 uh yeah i i first question is did you um Steal that um, clock in your background from my high school algebra class. <laughs> I got that. I got that clock from Walmart for like five bucks. Like when I moved into here, <laughs> I feel like I'm just waiting for class to get over so I can <laughs> go smoke in the parking lot. Or <laughs> Brian's just excited to have someone on the show with a more mundane uh, background than his. You know. So yeah. It sounds like our background is uh, pretty similar. I I played poker for a living for a while till 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 Black Friday. I'm surprised you uh, stuck with it. Well, in New Jersey, um, it well WSOP and Borgata Online is legal here, so there's like a ton of games always. Okay. Um, I'm looking at your June six MMA lineups, and 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 in Cruncher. I'm sorry, in lineup study. Do you do you do you um, do you go? How do you handle dupes in MMA? Do you do uh, anything about it? Um, to be honest, I really don't. I really haven't done MMA or really golf that much. Um, I didn't realize that I had. Uh, I didn't realize the lineup study um, until not too long ago. So then I was realizing that I had um, dupes in like my golf and stuff, and I know how to uh, prevent that. Okay. So, so I was listening to you on the Roto Grinders podcast, and you almost made it sound with MMA and golf that you got into this just because you were bored with I no was other. Bored, yeah, that that was it. I was literally bored. Yeah, I was like, I can't go this long without. Ba- I love basketball; it's my favorite sport. And I just like I can't go much longer. Like I'm feeding to just you know just send in 150. <laughs> <laughs> and is that your preferred? Uh, do you play a bunch of different contest types or do you just fire the 150 at whatever the biggest contest is? Um, it depends. I'll just uh, fire like the singles too. I'll fire like the $20 uh, three max or whatever it is. And football, I'll do like the, the 153 max. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, I do um, the one that's the 150 that you can max it out. The biggest one. Do you tailor your lineups to the specific contest or do you just run it and just wherever you, you put them, that's where the chips fall? Uh, no. And in the, in the, in that's uh, like the maxes. I'll just play a little. I'll do I'll go a little more conservative and take some like little shots on guys than in like the bigger one. And, and so, you know, obviously to win these top heavy Millie maker prizes, you have to have kind of a contrarian mindset, taking some stands. Um, are you kind of, you, you've mentioned that you're a bit of a field player. Are you going in and kind of manually setting your exposures for some of these players that you think might be undervalued relative to their ownership? Uh, yeah, for sure. If I think a guy is not projected, right. I'll, you know, I'll just boost them up a little bit. Um, and like when I did with uh, the Millie with uh, Kenyon Drake, he I wasn't getting much of him, but I boosted him a lot. And I, I don't I forget how much I took, but I took I had like maybe ten x the field on him or eight x the field for sure. And were you doing that just adjusting his manually adjusting his projection? Um, I didn't manually do it. I just boosted him. Hmm. He was like four percent owned that week, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's like I think it was yeah four or three percent. He was. Yeah, maybe. And oh, we got a question yeah. in YouTube from OA. Question for RBX: What's what's the secret sauce to math ratio? Secret sauce to math ratio. That's his question, and his follow up is: What's your favorite sport that you have not binked? <laughs> <laughs> Are there um, any? 
Well, I guess I guess he's asking you if you do any math in your uh, modeling or anything like that. Uh, um, not not so much. You know, I I just go based on you know how players been doing. I let you know the model cruncher do its job. You know, and then make my own adjustments. Um, I don't do uh, much much math at all. And like in poker, I really haven't always done math either too much. So do so you. you Oh, go ahead. Do you in poker? Do you subscribe to the like GTO strategy? No, no. I, I I honestly came up with my own style, and everyone's like, uh, I play PLO, and everyone's like, dude, how do you do it, man? Like, uh, and everyone, and I tell them, I just like, I just feel in the basic situation. I don't mean to play GTO style. I've been you know winning in PLO for the last six seven years. And the and the environment now is just New Jersey. You play on uh, yeah yeah. There's some like other sites you can play on, like uh, America's Card Room. Yeah. They have that. They have that site. Uh, you play there, I heard it's kind of uh, sketchy. It, it is. There's a lot of regulars on there, and these guys all practice GTO. They're all really good. Uh, I'm like probably like a break even player on there, maybe up really small. Um, but the other guys, all these um, Euro guys, are just fucking insane. They just do like the. They use the uh, the Munker program. It pretty much tells you, like, you plug in a hand. They tell you what to do and what situation. I, I mess with that a little bit, so um, I have I have an idea of it. It's really tough to use, though. Mm-hmm. When you mentioned that uh, for DFS that you're a field player, you know, a lot of um, there's the kind of wins that blow with ownership. You'll see, you know, a guy get mentioned on a podcast or on Twitter, and all of a sudden. They- <laughs> ownership starts you know right. ticking up but you mentioned that you aren't on twitter how much of it are you relying on someone else's ownership projections or is that feel based on you kind of reading the market yourself um reading the market for myself if i see a lot of players from like different podcasts or that are on guys i'll i'll just fucking x them so <laughs> uh, i just don't care i'm not that and i just realized like oh this guy's like 30 percent for like no reason at all and he just throws up like a goose egg nothing so um, if a guy starts getting ownership, I'll just come off him for sure. Did you play Ian Poulter? Uh, last week. Sure. Uh, did I play him? I played a little. I, this is I, an Ian Poulter podcast. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I played a little bit of him. I just gave whatever it gave me. Um, but I, I know he was a little chalky too. But there's a lot of guys who were up there that were kind of chalky though, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah every he, week. Yeah. He was he was pretty chalky last week. So yeah, it was like sixteen and a half, something like that. Yeah. yeah, and then this week it looks like he's going to be coming in uh, pretty uh, at least under ten percent. So you know it's time to get heavy on Poulter again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but so, oh, go ahead. When, when the, like in football, when, like when a guy's like high, and then when he's low on, that's when I like taking a shot at him. This is just that's just how I always played DFS. When he's when he's high. No, when he's when when he when he's gets high owned, I usually don't like like to take him. But when he's low owned, I like to take a nice shot on him when no one's on him. So what it sounds like is that you, you'll let your optimizer kind of fill out like the middle chunks for you, but then on the tails, you're gonna make some hard stances of either just xing out a high owned guy or being like, I'm gonna go way over the field on a low owned guy. Would that be a fair characterization? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and are you making those kind of decisions solely based on ownership? Where do you, you know, for PGA, uh, and I, I say this as someone who knows nothing about how to <laughs> evaluate golf, like how are you making stances of like, I think, uh, you know, uh, Kokrak, right, was in your, when you're winning Millie Maker. Lineup. Yeah, yeah. How are you like, Kokrak is going to go <laughs> off? Where do you get your ideas, man? No, it, that, that, that's, what the mod, that's what the model gave me. It, like for, for like the, like the 10% or less guys, I just let it give me whatever. Uh, but like for like the guys that are like in the middle price range or like the higher price range, I just try to – uh, um, the guys who I feel that are have a shot at really doing well. I mean, Kokrak, he's just like a shot in the dark. I mean, he, I didn't expect him to do that. Um, but just like the higher guys, I just kind of go on – how high owned they're going to be and just like their prices and what everyone else is saying about them really. What, uh, so what, if you don't, if you don't model yourself, what are you using? Uh, I, I use fantasy cruncher. You use their projections. 
No, no, I use I use Osmo's projections. Oh, okay. Um, and I think I, I listened to your Rotor Grinders interview as well, and it sounds like your core got crushed that week. It did, and, it did. And that lineup was kind of a one-off. Right, it was. My yeah. core got absolutely demolished, and <laughs> it kept on hanging on, and I was just like, this would be insane if this, one, this that, one-off holds on. That, that's happened quite – I've seen that a bunch of time in Millie Makers. What would, what would you try – do you consciously try to cap your player pool size in PGA? Uh, yeah, I usually go in over 40. I just, no, uh, no, no more than 40? Yeah, yeah, I put, like, everyone at 40. And mm-hmm. then whatever gives me the most of it, it's 40. But uh, I think it's that's – I find that that's like the most optimal because golf's so volatile, like anything can really happen. It sure is. So I feel like the the question, you know, they always ask like Michael Jordan, he keeps getting winning these Millie Makers. They're like, is this the one that meant the most? Is is it still the first Millie Maker that was the, the most incredible feeling or was getting it a, a second time? Where did that compare? Uh, I would say the first time was more – more memorable because I actually, <laughs> I actually handmade that lineup. <laughs> so uh, I had uh, pretty much a friend of mine told me he, he, I only took a few quarterbacks that week. I think I took like four or five. And then the last before, 10 minutes before lock, uh, my friend mentioned Winston. We were talking about it. And I kind of was like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of like a Winston with, I think Evans was out. He got hurt. So I was just like, all right, let me stack a few and put in my favorite plays and all like, um, the good chalk and just let it fly. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I heard you mention that that you had made your one fifty, but then you decided to hand build a few, and that was the one that took it. Yeah, down. yeah. That's so, incredible. Yeah, so, I put Drake in like uh, I put Drake in like a few of them. I think I had like two or three wins, and I forget what it was, but I definitely put Drake in both or one of them. And I heard you. So on the Road Grinders podcast, you mentioned you bought an SUV, you bought a house, but I was peeping your Instagram stories yesterday, and it appears you also bought a Tesla. I just got. I just bought it like <laughs> yesterday or two days ago. Okay, so you're you're yeah. loading up, man, spending some of those DK bucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why not? My friend, my my friend of mine, he talked me into it, and I drove in his. The car is absolutely insane. Like when I go down, I take a long trip. Like I have an SUV, a V8. I get maybe. 17 miles per gallon that thing so if i take a long trip i can take the tesla to drive for me there you go did you did you did you ball out and pay cash uh for the tesla i actually i actually leased it because i have i have like three other cars too so okay i have a um i have a mitsubishi evolution i don't know if you ever heard of them it's like Mm -hmm. a japanese turbo car four cylinder 10 second car it, it seems like you like to mass multi-enter vehicles as well. <laughs> I definitely like to spew on the vehicles, yeah. <laughs> and speaking of, of spewing, you know, in my, you know, when I've lived out my fantasies of winning the Millie Maker, one of the things is like, okay, I'm about to get hit with a big tax bill on this. Why not use this as a license to, you know, splash around in some higher state? <laughs> are, you, are you feeling that same way or did you just take it all off the table and you're buying vehicles? Uh, no, I, the only thing I bought was, you know, I always wanted a house. I bought the house, I bought the car and that's it. I don't, I don't even buy clothes. I have clothes back from since I was in high school. There you go. So you're, you're uh, a relatively frugal man outside of the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, on things that I really enjoy and I like, um, that's why I'm not, I don't buy like fancy clothes, you know, jewelry. I mean, the lamps and shit in my house I got from fucking Walmart. Oh, we know. We see the clock. <laughs> yeah, it says I just looked up. You're not in the 888 for PGA? Uh, no, no. Uh, I, see, I feel like you should enter <laughs> as, uh, you know. How, what's the max entries for that? I didn't even check. What's the what? Max entries for that. Uh, 60, I think, something like that. 60? Was yeah. It, was it that high? Yeah, I think so. Let me look. I'm sorry, it's 37. Oh, you're a little off there. <laughs> I am a little off. I guess that's why you the, you're the millie maker. When yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I just uh, I don't know. I just don't feel like I need to play that. So I just have fun enjoying you know playing the me- medium stuff like those mid stakes, the 20s, and and like the single entries. Um, I just don't really like golf enough to play that high maybe once football comes around i'll start playing that or basketball for sure 
But the basketball coming up, I think they're – what do you think they're going to have? Single slates, showdowns, or how do you think they're going to do it? Um, I, I doubt they'll do uh, – I mean, they'll they'll have showdowns, I'm sure, but they'll probably have a full-day slate. Um, I haven't seen what the schedule is, but I heard it was going to be like they're going to play like six games a day. Yeah, 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 but it's going to be like uh, early and then like later on, so it's going to yeah. be really hard to go. They to, have um, – they have, you know – Line, uh, late swap for DK. So I imagine they'll probably do it. It'll, it'll probably be broken up into two slates on FanDuel, something like that. They'll do like the noon and three and noon two, three and one slate. And then, then DraftKings, they'll probably do an all day slate, I would guess, where they might, they might switch it up, you know, and do like a four and two. Uh huh. I doubt it's just going to be six showdowns. Right. But with the amount of interest they're gonna get, they might they might have showdowns for all six of them. Uh huh. I could I could I could imagine I could see that. I can see DK doing that. But they're not going to. I mean, they're gonna. I I mean, obviously, I could be wrong, but I think they're gonna have some semblance of you know four games or more. Right. In their slates. Well, Gio, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to look at all uh, over this PGA slate, but the past couple of weeks, Brian and I have been making a lineup together. Okay. And, uh, we specifically, again, as I mentioned at the top of the show, would love to make a lineup with you. We can, you know, settle with okay. you know, PayPal because we want some of this heat. We want some of this RBX 88 run good. Do you want, right. are you down to go in on a lineup with us? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's do okay. it. So basically, um, there's kind of two ways we can do this. We can either ping pong around in giving our favorite plays, or we can collectively try to build a good lineup. I think that's the latter. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, that sounds good. Are we going to do any rules, Peter? What do you think? So the one rule he's referencing, Gio, is we um, we set kind of an ownership cap. We've been a little bit flexible with it. Uh, Brian, well, like where- 70 or 60 or something? Yeah, yeah we're somewhere around there. Okay. 60 if we want to be, you know, keep it, keep it, uh, make it difficult. Yeah. Let's keep it, let's keep it under 60. How about that? Yeah, let's keep it interesting. 60 is good. All right. All right. So let's, let's give you, Gio, the, the honors of opening it up. Um, okay. Out of the price. Uh, if you have a favorite play that you've been looking at, doesn't matter if it's super contrarian, it's, it's all you. Okay. Um, well, I can't, I can tell you this. I am not playing Neiman this week. There's no chance. Okay. Oh, yeah. Why I am, not? I am. Not, he's just, he, dude, he's going to be like 18% for what? If it, All right, Brian, tell me this. If he got top 20 last week, would he be 18% this week? No, definitely not. Okay. But yeah. I, I, just, I just really, I like Joaquin Neiman. I, I think he's uh, super. <laughs> well, we'll and, see who's right. You want a side bet? <laughs> and, a young, and a young guy. Well, I mean, I mean, I don't know what the bet would be. But I, mean, uh, I guess if he, uh, I guess if he, um, what is he projected for? How many points? Um, let me check. We right. can just go under over, I guess. And I will I guess 57 and a half. 57 and a half? Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll take the under on that. Okay, I'll I'll take the over on it. I mean, let me see if I even have him in any of my lineups. Uh, Well, how much? How much are you talking here? How much you want to bet? You Um, said the Tesla, right, Brian? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. You just throw a gentleman's wager on there. Whatever, five hundred bucks. Something is that? Is that gentleman's? Okay, I I mean, I don't know if I even like this pick. Hold on. (laughs) I mean, I do like Joaquin Neiman. I just don't know if I'm going to play him. I I am looking. It does look like he's going to be one of the top five highest owned guys on this slate. Uh, looks yeah. like the other guys: Hovland, Thomas, DeChambeau. Right. What what the hell? Okay, we'll do we'll do five hundred. And points. then I'll make him my next pick in this lineup. Just to fuck <laughs> me. <now. I'm> kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That'd be hilarious. I just want to. So we were gonna. This lineup is what twenty dollars divided by three, so it's gonna be about seven dollars and thirty cents. You opened up with a guy you didn't want and just got roped into a five hundred dollar bet on what was gonna be a seven dollar and thirty cent investment. <laughs> I love. I love uh, Joaquin. Why not? Okay, back to the batter at hand. Who are you picking for the lineup? Okay, uh, I have it up on here on my end. Um, I'm going to just give me a quick. Uh, I did. I did look over. I didn't make my lineups yet. I was gonna make them later on. This is um, a safe space. Any any takes are fine. Yeah, I will go. I'm really feeling uh, Mark Leishman. 
Okay. Okay. I like that. He's, been, uh, he's kind of been down, uh, down in some of these tournaments recently, but he's got a ton of talent. I he's will. A guy who can go off. I was just going to say to take the pressure off of Geo. Um, I don't know if you, you probably didn't see Brian, but I looked at our lineup from last week. I think there was like 135,000. We were 130,000 plus. Uh, so we were, you know, bottom 99th percentile lineup well, last week. Well, well, well. That's good. It's good. That goes off. First or last? We're first. <laughs> see, that's the thing. Brian and I have the last part. Gio's got the first part taken care of. You know? There we go. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll end up right in the middle. Uh, all right, Brian. Uh, let's let's go over to you here. What do you guys think about this? I don't I don't want to actually make a pick unless you guys like it. What do because we so we want to keep it like under ten percent, right, to fit in our goal for yeah. per player. Right. And so um, I had Leishman for over that. I had him like twelve, thirteen. I got Spieth under ten. Is he is he uh, is he Millie worthy? Do you think? Oh, uh, he scares me. <laughs> he has so and much I, money; he doesn't even care. It seems like my next pick though would be Peter's pick. So I don't, I don't, I can't well, do it to you. No, because then I get two picks. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, because then Poulter shit the bed, and, I, and then I'm the one to blame. How about how about Billy Ho, Billy Ho? Okay, he'll keep us under. He missed the cut last week, so hopefully his ownership's even lower. Yeah, what uh, do you have him his ownership at? Nine. Okay. Okay. What do he you might he might you know maybe he'll get the seven or eight. Um, but you know, the fields are getting a lot sharper and ownership doesn't change as much. Although with Joaquin Neiman, that is, that is a little high, 18, 18% or whatever. Uh, yeah. That's scary. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not playing him. He doesn't even his look at his past results. He hasn't really done that well. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And he's so, he's so young. Uh, you know, he could, he can easily miss the cut. Right. But he's just, he's got a lot, of, he's got a lot of talent in my opinion. Um, Okay. Uh, I'm just going to get my guy then. And, you know, I, I said this was a Poulter podcast. People have been calling me PD Poulters. Um, I'm just going to lean into it. Uh, do we do we get any vetoes? Do we get veto power? Is that <laughs> allowable? No, this is an open conversation, but you just told me you were going to pick Poulter. So I don't even <laughs> I mean, he pitched it last week. He really pitched it. Well, he, on Sunday. He, he just fell apart. Yeah. Here's well, the he, thing. He, I never he have sweats on years Sunday, old. So I don't know. <laughs> Well, I said old tend to get tired by the fourth round. You know what I mean? He's like 86 years old, so Look you're gonna that. want a big lead going into Sunday. Yeah. Look at this man. Could he ever let you down? I don't think so. Three weeks in a row, you're taking this guy. That's right, baby. Third time's the charm. He probably was our highest scoring player on that garbage lineup we entered last week. He was. Um. Okay. Uh, it is back to you, Geo. This is a real pivotal point in this lineup here. Can you tell me what percent we're at right now? Oh, yeah, Brian, give him a – Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, 15, 20, like, like 27. 27, okay. okay. So you got a little to work with. All right. Um, so I have I'm, – I'm between two right now, and I, I like these two a lot this week. It's between Cantley and Patrick Reed. Mm. It's okay. a tough. It's a tough one. Okay. Well, they're owned about the same, and they're owned. Yeah, they'll be owned about enough to get, keep us within, you know, around sixty. So either one would work. Cantlay, you know, uh, I don't know if you were watching the beginning of the show. He's a DFS darling. He'll be. He might be over. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes over what everyone's projecting. Uh-huh. Everyone loves him. He's a stud, though. Right. And uh, with Reed missing the cut last week, maybe he'll be a click or two lower. I think I like the bounce back, and also I do have I I do like uh, Sung Jay a little bit too. Yeah, I like all I like all three of those. Yeah, guys. it's it's really tough. I'm having a tough time with all these guys. Um, I, I like the if I can chime in here. I mean, I think Sung Jay is going to be pretty high owned. Yeah, uh, I kind of like going back to Reed. He was my highest owned guy yeah. last week burn me and i do think like brian said that people aren't going to want to go back to him as much yeah i, I agree and also Cantley, he hasn't played he hasn't like played in a little bit either it might be a little rusty with Cantley though with his back issues he kind of takes a lot of time off so like i wouldn't be with him i wouldn't be super uh scared of that just because he, he does it all the time 
he takes mm-hmm. spots off, you know, yeah. off. But like either way, I'm fine with either way. I like Cantley, but Reed's fine. Yeah, I definitely like a good bounce back for Reed. So that Ryan, what puts us at about forty? Yeah. Well, what did what did I say? Twenty seven before that. Yeah. And then another fifteen to that. Yeah. So we have about 10, 10 per, but we have ninety one hundred of salary to work with here. Basically, it's taking everyone who missed the cut last week. Um, Bounce okay. back. Why don't I na- name a few guys and and you guys tell me if you like any of these guys? How much? What's the salary? What what salary are we looking at here? We got oh, ninety one hundred per. Got, we got plenty of salary. So yeah. see, this yeah. is how it's, this is why it's tough to stay under the sixty mark because all these guys in the nine thousand range are going to be owned. And they're going to get us over that, so we might have to make an adjustment. Yeah. Um, unless we want to spend like a thousand dollars less than the cap. Um, How much salary was left on the table for your uh, Millie Maker PGA team, Gio? Mm, zero. Zero. Max it out. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is probably why I got dupes. But the Millie wasn't duped, right? You no, still no, no, it wasn't. That was the only one that wasn't. Uh, that was the one right before when I looked that was not duped. Wow. Run better, <laughs> Brian. What are your ones you're considering here? Like the, uh, it's tough because they're also high owned up in this range. But like Paul Casey, yeah, yeah, that's um. There's not a lot. What about Xander? I like Xander. Um, he's 17 projecting somewhere around there. What if we did Xander and then got real kind of off the board with like a sub 5% play? Okay. What, yeah. if, what if we went like, um, all right, this is what we should do. Take, a, take a, like a stud and then just take like a 6K guy or like a low sevens. Yeah, like that's kind of a Yeah, yeah, okay. Who's your – so who – I guess it just igno- – uh, you know, ownership agnostic, who are your guys' favorite top end guys? Cause we can certainly afford it. I think Bryson's going to be way higher than what he's projected for. I think that they're just going to look at, they're just going to game block. They're just going to uh, game block and just, I think he'll be over 20. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about him. You're probably right. I like JT. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like JT too. He, he heated up. He left on a really good note last week. He, he heated up nice. Yeah, and he's a, he's a stud. So, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, there's no way we're fitting under the cap, I don't think. Well, I guess if we take – no, because he would put us in this over 60 already. But do we think that we can – because the main concern, right, is can we get a guy that would make this lineup not duped, right? That's really the main I'm concern. I'm sure if if we don't want to play by the rule, the 70 percent rule, which is, I don't care. That's fine. Rule rule number one is win a million dollars. Rule number two is fitted under the arbitrary threshold we came up with. Okay. So we'll just – okay, let's just look then down in 74 range mm-hmm. and then see what we got there. And then if your we boy, like, Your we boy Coke up. Rack is 7,400. We can go just 400 under too, can't we? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm fine with that. Um, you want to scroll down to that so I can see? I don't oh, have the. Right. Uh... Okay. Benny Ann, uh, a lot of people must hate his guts. He's he's played horrible the past few weeks. <laughs> yeah, he's been a horror show for sure. Yeah, we already yeah. talked about the COVID risk with Lowry. Yeah. I... It'd be fun, funny to take them, but <laughs> I like, I kind of like Brandon Grace in this range. Uh, I had someone on my notes that was low that I really liked. Let me just see Ooh, if I can find I actually, it. I have a guy here too that is actually one of my highest owned guys. Uh, I have a ton of Lucas Glover as of right now. How um, about Johnny Vegas? Yeah, he, or- he can always come, he can always get hot. I think we I think we have to trust Geo here. The dude just has the Midas touch. That's true. If that's the uh, I'm I'm, boot, I'm uh, or we can go with Louis Louis Oos. I, I want I want your I want your pick. I want your your gut pick. Yeah. What's because I, I see mean, Vegas they, and I see Dollar. I, I, I see Vegas and he that guy can pop. Oh, if he if he if he pops if he if he pots a little well, I mean that guy can just 
He can just he's gonna be like two percent or three percent. Yeah, he will. You're there's solid. no way. There's no way this lineup's duped unless one of our listeners. Yeah, lineup, unless someone watching this is copies. Our <laughs> I mean, uh, I always think that, that Vegas or or Oos, however you say his last name. Yeah, Oos Thiessen. Yeah, Oos Thiessen. He's seventy-two. But I was looking at his stats, and they're not that great, though. Vegas, he, I looked at his. He's good in some areas. Yeah. Ustisen is a withdrawal uh, uh, candidate every week, too. Oh, so, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. He's 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 bummed out a lot of DFSers. Of us three, which which of us is getting up in the morning to uh, check any withdrawals? I'm going to. Okay. I'm up till like um, <laughs> five six a.m. anyway. So okay, well, I'm the opposite. Wow, <laughs> he's 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 uh he's still a uh, a poker player. So yeah yeah yeah. So goodness. Uh, well, between the two of you, you should have the whole shift cover, and I can just sleep through the night. Sounds yeah, like yeah. Yeah. Well, not when we DM you to go like, dude, switch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, this was uh, a lot of fun. This is the lineup we're gonna roll with. Uh, I like it. I feel like we're we're on a heater. We brought RBX eighty eight into the mix, and he's going to turn around our cold stretch. Uh, Geo, thank you for for coming on the show tonight. No problem, man. It's been fun it. anytime. And uh, is there anything? Uh, I know you're on the uh, the gram. No Twitter. Is there anything you'd like to plug your your Roto Grinders profile? I don't know. Uh, I mean, that's my Instagram. That's fun. There you go. It's Look, I'm up. private, but just add me, and I'll accept. Yeah, he'll know. You got to slide into those private DMs, say you're a Lulz listener. He'll know you're a good guy, and, uh, and he'll add you. Um, all Brian, right, what about our side bet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Dude. 57 and a half. All right, let me write, just write it down. 57 right. and a half. All right. I'll take the over. You take the under. Yeah. Uh, if for some miracle, it lands on 57 and a half, we push. Okay. 500. Okay, and then you can, where can I contact you since I don't have Twitter? Do you have Instagram? Well, I'll, I'll let you know. If I lose, um, it might be tough to get a hold of me. But uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I think, I think Peter has, yeah, yeah, Peter's got your ear info. Uh, okay, uh, I'm, cool. on, I'm on Twitter, uh, Roto Grinders. Awesome. Uh, I'm on, yeah, I, oh, yeah, I can just message Roto Grinders. It's, yeah, I'm on my YouTube channel. It's not okay. hard to go. Okay. Yeah. This guy's got to flee the country. If he no, Brian, no slow paint either. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, he, Brian's ready to risk COVID, it all. Wait, if he gets COVID, is there any bonus or no? That's it. I'm out. I feel like I should win the bet if he gets COVID or if it's over 57 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Brian angling for a little extra. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, well, thank you, Gio, for coming on. Uh, honestly, dude, incredible, incredible run. Uh, it was ex- it was fun to pick your brain. Um, and as usual, guys, if you want to watch these back, uh, check out Brian's YouTube channel. He's going to put up a clip, too, of the randomness segment if you want to re-watch that back. So for Gio, for Brian, for myself, we'll see you guys next week. This has been Lowell's. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.